Will you join me in prayer, please? Dear Lord, as we sing those words tonight and as uh, we hear them uh, directly from you in the scripture text, Lord, we ask that you will take your Holy Spirit and by your command and by your will that you will open up our hearts, that we will be able to uh, focus directly on you and the love that you have given to us uh, and your people for so many millennia, Lord. Allow us to continue to have that focus tonight, uh, that as we hear these words, uh, you will change us, you will develop us, that we will see these great things throughout the world and know that we are called to give praise to you as sons and daughters forgiven by the Most High. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's a story of a uh, ranch hand that lived up in the hills in the mountain area of Colorado, this real rural area. And one of the things he really liked to do, one of his favorite hobbies, was being able to play the violin. And he did this to entertain himself little by little. But as some time went by, his violin went out of tune. And tried as he may and tried as he might, he tried to be able to get his violin back in tune, but he just couldn't do it. He didn't have anything to be able to tune it to. One of his other hobbies that he had was just passing the time by listening to the radio. And so he would do this usually every evening. He only got a couple of different stations, some that came from long distances, some that came from close distances. But one of his favorite radio stations was actually one that he was able to listen to all the way from the state of California. And he came up with the idea that he was going to contact this radio station and ask them at the perfect time, right at the right day, at the right hour, at the right minute, to play the exact note he needed to be able to tune his violin. So he sent them a letter, and as the day approached, he sat there waiting by his radio. As the hour approached, he got ready, and the minute finally came. And the radio station did just that. They stopped everything that they were doing, and they played this exact note that this individual needed to be able to hear to put his violin in tune. I tell you that text tonight because I think our lives are very similar to that. That's why we gather here this evening. That we have a hard time often when our lives get out of tune or out of practice and we truly need someone to be able to give us the perfect note to be able to allow everything else to cascade from, to be able to line everything else up in our life. And when God gives you that specific note, when we are in tune with his will, it's amazing the symphony that is played from that. Tonight is the last night that we are going to be able to look at our series of the summer in the Psalms, and we have a very special psalm that we are ending on, Psalm 148. It's a psalm of great praise. It's a psalm of uh, just beautiful poetry showing God at work within our world. We read that back and forth tonight responsively as Craig read half of it and you read half. But I want to remind you of that first verse tonight. Look with me again in this. Psalm 148 verse 1 says these words. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the heights above. Now those first three words there, praise the Lord, really shape the entire sermon. It's a great summary of all Psalm 148. We could actually just stop right then and right there. But we still got like 30 minutes left, so I'm going to keep talking. 
David really has this great kind of uh, format that we even saw last week of these, these bookends that contain the rest of the text. Praise the Lord, he begins, and he starts going through all these different great details. Look at that with me tonight, those details that he takes the time to be able to go through. That he talks about this God who silences everything else just to be able to listen to us, to be able to say, we are called to lift ourselves in praise to the Lord. Don't you see that in God? Uh, One that pulls us to him to be able to give him his praise. That's the calling that we have. David doesn't just mention the, the heavens or, or, or the heavenly areas. He mentions so many different things in that reading. He mentions these angels. He mentions heavenly hosts. He goes on and talks about the sun and the stars and the moon and all these things that we are able to see that give glory to God because that is part of these things' purpose. Listen to another way the psalmist writes it from Psalm chapter 19, verse 1. We read, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. This is the fourth service I've been at here uh, today on the Shea campus. Uh, This morning, prior to our 8 o'clock service, I was driving down Shea. It was about 5.30 in the morning, and I wish you were in the car with me because the sunset uh, that I saw this morning uh, was miraculous. All those colors that light up the sky as the day begins to break, uh, the clouds that are there. You've seen that before in the morning. You can see it again tonight at the sunset that we will have together. The fingerprints of God there upon the world, being able to see true evidence of God working within our lives, of the things in creation proclaiming his name, even these things that do not have voices. This is something that Paul explains to the churches just like us about being able to see these things throughout the world. Look at Paul's letter with me to the Romans from chapter 1, verse 20. Paul writes, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so people are without excuse. No one has ever told you about the Lord. He's told you about himself. The things he has created are telling you about him. The miracles that we witness on this earth, of the sun, of the moon, of the stars, things that control our temperature here, things that control our tide, things that provide light and energy and strength for us, all gifts that God provided. They didn't happen by accident. They didn't happen randomly. They happened because a great organized creator put them in place. And these things echo his creation. These things share about the love that God has for us, his children. David continues, and he says, let me tell you more. Let me tell you more about this great God. From Psalm 148, verse 5, David says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. These things don't necessarily need a reason, but they do. Just the fact that God created all these things gives them a reason to be able to praise God for exactly who he is. 
And this is true of all those heavenly creations I mentioned. It's true of all these earthly creations that David goes into. And he goes further and further. I love that section when he talks about even uh, the depths of the ocean and the mighty sea creatures that are there give praise to God. Maybe we don't always think about uh, creatures, animals, giving praise to God, but they do. The National Geographic Association just recently released this article talking about humpback whales. Uh, I've never seen a humpback whale in person, but they're these massive crea- uh, creatures. They weigh about 40 tons each. And the article was all about how these different creatures actually sing together with one another. They sing in, in duos and trios. They said they were even singing and have them on tape of singing in the, the dozens for up to 30 minutes These big, huge sea creatures, these big, huge beasts having this great chorus together and giving praise to God. I thought that would be a a great tagline for hiring people for our worship band. If a whale can sing, you can too, right? Think about that. These great creatures that maybe we don't think about, we don't see, they're in the depths of the ocean, but they're there singing and praising with one another for the gifts that God has given them. Do we do that same exact thing? David goes on and he keeps mentioning all the things in nature that he sees, which is great. All these years before, it's the same things in nature that you and I get to see. He says the lightning, the hail, the storms, the mountains, the trees, the animals, all these things giving praise to God. And then he stops, and he puts the attention somewhere different. And he says, the people, the people too are created to give praise to God. Hear with me again that verse from Psalm 148, verses 11 and 12. David writes, kings of the earth and all the nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, All God's people, great and small, those who are male, those who are female, those who are rich, those who are poor, those who are powerful, those who are weak, everyone is called to praise the Lord. I love how slick David is when he writes this as a a side note. Look at the different distinctions of people in there. He mentions the children. He mentions uh, men. He says we have old men in our congregation. We have young men in our congregation. But when he gets to women, no old women in the congregation, right? Only women in the congregation. Take note for that, gentlemen. We have women in our congregation. But everybody's who he's saying. Everybody should pay attention at what our purpose truly is. Think about it. Isn't this the first and greatest commandment that we receive when God gives these to Moses and to the people of Israel, when Jesus echoes this for us in the New Testament, that this greatest commandment is to be able to love God, to put him first in all things? Isn't this also our purpose? Not only to put our Lord first, but to glorify him in everything that we do to give praise to God in everything that we do, not just here on Sunday evenings, not just in our devotional time, the time when we're playing with your your dog, a creature from God, 
the time when you were conversing with your friends, another creation of God, the time when you were just relaxing up in Sedona with some friends, enjoying God's creation, that we praise him in every single thing that we do because it's nonstop. We continue to do this over and over and over again. But what about when I don't feel like it? What about when I don't want to praise God because uh, you just had a, a horrible week? Maybe something really bad has happened in your life. Maybe the life of a friend. And today, I just, Lord, I, I don't feel like giving praise. I know it can be tough. Think about David that tells us these words tonight. Uh, a few weeks ago, we looked at another psalm, and David is talking about how he is being sieged by armies, how his enemies can surround him, and what does he say even in that psalm? And Lord, I give you praise. Man, it would have been easy to complain about that, to focus on just being entrapped, but he still praises the Lord. What about Paul that writes that letter to the Romans and talks to you and I about having no excuse about seeing God in creation, about knowing him in our hearts. Man, those days when Paul was chained in prison, locked away in a dark, damp dungeon, left there maybe to die, when he's there singing praises to God, when he's there penning letters to churches just like us about God to be able to encourage them when he is praising the Lord's name? Man, it would have been easy to just complain about those things, to not do any of that stuff, and just to live a life of pity, but he doesn't. What about Jesus when he walks that road to Calvary, when Christ knows he is going to the cross, when people are, are spitting at him, when people are yelling insults at him, when he is going to die for sins of people just like you and I, in fact, when he is going to die for our sins, the only innocent, sinless man, God in the flesh, and that would have been easy in that moment to just cast those things aside, to not follow God's will, to not praise him, but our Savior does that for us. That's our purpose too and our calling to be able to praise God as these great creatures we are made in his image. These great creatures that have this opportunity to be able to do this. Look how the psalmist writes it in chapter 34 verse 1. We read, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. What great words. Uh, I will extol seemingly just talking about I will really praise in an exuberant fashion. I will extol the Lord at all times. Not some, not on the days when it's good for me, not when I get around to it. I will do it at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Even when that guy cuts me off in traffic, the praise will be on my lips. Even on those mornings when I wake up and it doesn't feel like it's going to be a good day, not just in times of celebration, but always. 
the Lord will always be upon my lips as I give him praise. And sometimes it's easy to give God praise, especially when things are going well in times of celebration. But even in those moments, sometimes we celebrate too much and we forget to give praise to God. We need to be able to worship him as he calls us to be able to worship him. All of us here worship something. We do. Martin Luther described how all of us as individuals throughout all of time, we all have a God that we go to. But who is that God or what is that God? Today we are called to be able to go to this great creator. And David mentions all of these different things. All of these things which in the past, and even for a lot of them today, people worship in lieu of God. People worshiping angels. People worshiping the sun and the moon. People worshiping nature. People worshiping different animals or their forms. And he says, don't worship those things. These things, yes, they are all gifts from God, but these things praise God. These things are just pointing back to their great creator. And this is what we should do too. David continues in Psalm 148, verse 13, about these good things. He says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Stop looking to find your purpose in a bigger paycheck. Stop looking to find love in inappropriate relationships. Stop looking to be able to get fulfillment in items of this, this world and simply celebrate the Lord. Celebrate the great things he has done for us, how he alone is elevated above all those things, the things here on earth and even the things in heaven. And then David concludes his psalm just as he begun. Praise the Lord, he says. Praise the Lord. But just before that conclusion. David leaves us with one more small tidbit, almost like I, you need one more thing to be able to praise God for. Let me, let me give that to you before I sign off. Here it is, he says. It's a very interesting element. From Psalm 148, the beginning of verse 14, David says, and he has raised up for his people a horn. A horn? What are you talking about, David? You're talking about, I got the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the trees, the animals, the insects, the ocean deep, all these things praising the Lord, and then you conclude with the horn? Let's not guess at what David is talking about tonight. Let's use a, a best practice that we can use here this evening, and I encourage you to use in your own devotional life or Bible study time. Let's use a scripture to be able to interpret scripture. Let's find where this is located at in another area and see if we can receive some better clarification. Let's not just jump over this. Look with me at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. From Luke chapter 1, verse 68 and 69. This is a prophecy of Zechariah. He says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us 
in the house of his servant David. Hmm. God has indeed given us a gift in this horn that allows us to praise him in any and all situations. A gift, in fact, that it says uh, receives, allows us to receive the forgiveness of our own sins. A gift that calls us to praise God on those days when we rather just wouldn't. A gift of strength that rescues us from the grasp of death even. A descendant from the house of David who has come for all people. A horn of salvation that we know is Jesus. I pray tonight that through this horn you can hear that perfect note that is played just for you. One that takes your life and puts it in perfect organization around this instrument that is provided in the person and work of Christ Jesus. It's easy to look at God as being this far-off being of one that can't hear us or can't see us or separate us from some way, but that's not the truth. In just the right moment in time, God stops everything, everything. And on just that day and on just that hour and in just that minute, puts his son to death for our sin. And three days later, at just the right day, in just the right minute, at just the right time, he raises him from the dead. As we conclude this series on the book of Psalms, I hope that you hear that perfect psalm of Christ played into your life. The symphony of one who comes to live, die, and rise again to redeem all of his creation, and most importantly, to be able to save and forgive you and forgive me. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, as we come to you and hear these words tonight, again, we ask that your Holy Spirit will be upon us, uh, that we will be able to drive forward by your power and give you praise in everything that we do. Uh, You are such a fantastic and glorified God in our lives. Uh, Open up our eyes to be able to see that. Even from when we leave here tonight, I pray that all of us uh, capture a great glimpse of your portrait of power and maybe a sunset. Uh, maybe in nature in a different way. And even before we depart from here, Lord, uh, the gift that we see in one another, uh, a magnificent creation that you have made in people and the relationship that we have together because of your Son. Continue to strengthen us and move us forward in faith as we focus not on the things that are around us or our own humanly desires, but as we focus on you and giving you praise in everything that we have and everything that we were created to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.